today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I have removed the boundaries of the people and have robbed their treasuries. So I have put down the inhabitants like a valiant man. You'll forgive the emphasis on I. It's been referred to as an I problem. I will. I did. I have. I, yay, yay, yay. Again, emphasis mine. <laughs> When's the last time you were reminded that God's in control and we are helpless without Him? It's probably fairly frequently, even though if we're honest, we could easily make life all about ourselves. In today's teaching, Pastor J.D. reminds us that God is the great I am. And that's important to get straight. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah chapter 10 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Loving Heavenly Father, we're needing for you now to just settle our hearts and quiet our minds as only you can, and and just enable us to focus and concentrate and and really listen to what it is that the Spirit would say to us, your church. Lord, we want to have ears to hear. And Lord, when you speak, we, we don't want to just be hearers of your word. We want to be doers too. And so Lord, you're going to speak. You always do. It's not a question of if you're speaking or not. The question is, are we hearing and taking heed to your word? So Lord, bless our time together tonight and speak. Your servants are listening. We ask you for this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. I want to talk to you about both why it is and how it is that God is the only one who gets the glory. How cliche, right? I mean, we sing it, we know it, we read it, we hear it. But chapter 10 here in Isaiah provides us with profound life lessons in this regard. And specifically as it relates to our own propensity to become arrogant and haughty, fancying ourselves as the ones who in the strength of our own hand, are the ones that do it, and should get the credit for it. As we're about to see, the chapter starts off with the fourth of four parts. We saw three of them in chapter 9, so this is the fourth of four, where Isaiah is prophesying concerning God using the Assyrians as an instrument of his judgment on his people. And never think for a second that God takes delight in judging his people. 
He gives us so much time in His long-suffering, in His patience to repent. But there does come a time where God has to chastise, rebuke, correct, and judge. And He's about to do that. And He's about to use the evil, wicked, I mean the evil of the Assyrians is unspeakable. That's not hyperbole. What they would do, we're going to get a glimpse of it with what God says through Isaiah to His people. So He's going to use the Assyrians as an instrument in His hand as He brings judgment now on His people. And here's what we're going to see. Assyria thinks they're the ones that have done it. And they become haughty in it and arrogant because of it. So let's jump in. Verse 1, Woe, curse to those who decree unrighteous decrees, who write misfortune, which they have prescribed. He's speaking to his people here. To rob the needy, verse 2, of justice, and to take what is right from the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey, and that they may rob the fatherless, the widows and the orphans. This is what they were doing, and this is why God had to bring judgment upon them. It seems that the leaders of Israel were praying on and taking advantage of the weak and the vulnerable, the widow and the fatherless, and God takes note of it, which is why He will judge them for it. Listen to what Jesus said to the Pharisees in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 23, verse 14. It's uh, a little bit similar to the curse that Isaiah pronounces. He says, woe to you, a curse on you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Why? Oh, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. Do you get the impression that God takes seriously the treatment of the weak and the vulnerable, the widow and the orphan? Listen to James. You're familiar with this in his epistle, chapter 1, verse 27. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Make no mistake about it. God takes note of our treatment of particularly the weak and the vulnerable. And He'll have the final word on it, as we're about to see. Verse 3, what will you do in the day of punishment? And in the day of desolation, which will come from afar, to whom will you flee for help? And where will you leave your glory? 
Without me, they shall bow down among the prisoners. This is where we get a glimpse of the unspeakable evil of the Assyrians. This is not bowing down, honoring, worshiping. No, this is bowing down in humiliation and shame. Again, it's unspeakable. I don't want to go into it or get graphic. For those of you that are students of God's Word, you know how evil the Assyrians were and what they would do. Again, unspeakable in the humiliation and, and torment, the torturing. And they shall fall among the slain. For all this, and we read this in chapter 9, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. That's his mercy. Now here, God, through the prophet Isaiah, is saying, because you have treated them this way in their time of need for help, so too will I not be there for you in your time of need and help. Second Chronicles chapter 15 verses 1 and 2. Now this is one of those passages, this is one of those places in God's Word where I think we would do well to pay attention because there does come a point where God says, okay, have it your way. You know, we know it is a truth, it is a promise that He will never leave us or forsake us. Did you know there's a but there? And it's here in Second Chronicles 15 verses 1 and 2. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Adad, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. That should send chills up and down every single one of our spiritual spines, right? Because this is what happened to them then, and it can happen to us now. No, He will never leave us or forsake us. But if we turn our backs on Him, He's not going to force Himself on us. If we forsake Him, He'll forsake us. Verse 5, now we turn a corner here. Instead of the woe to Judah, it's the woe to Assyria. The rod of my anger and the staff in whose hand is my indignation. I will send him, verse 6, against an ungodly nation, and against the people of my wrath I will give him charge to seize the spoil, to take the prey, and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. Yet, this is Assyria now, he does not mean so, nor does his heart think so, but it is in his heart to destroy and cut off not a few nations. And that's exactly what the Assyrians did. 
Now, here again, the implications of this can be difficult to grasp in the sense that God here is using the wickedness of man as the instrument in his hand to judge and correct his people. Let that sink in. God is allowing the Assyrians to invade Judah, and God is using the Assyrians to bring his judgment upon his own people. A little hard to get your mind around, would you agree? Psalm 7610 though should help in understanding this and reconciling this. It says, surely the wrath of man shall praise you, with the remainder of wrath you shall gird yourself. In other words, God may sometimes deem fit to allow our enemies as the instrument, the rod of His correction in His hands, to judge us, correct us, rebuke us, redirect us. And that's what He's doing here with the Assyrians. For He says, verse 8, Are not my princes altogether kings? Is not Calno like Carchemish? Is not Hamath like Arped? Is not Samaria like Damascus? As my hand has found the kingdoms of the idols, whose carved images excelled those of Jerusalem and Samaria, as, verse 11, I have done to Samaria and her idols, shall I not do also to Jerusalem and her idols? Verse 12, therefore, it shall come to pass, when the Lord has performed all His work on Mount Zion and on Jerusalem, that He will say, I will punish the fruit of the arrogant heart of the king of Assyria, and the glory of his haughty looks. For he says, look, this is a, a sanctified mocking, if I can say it like that. For he, speaking of the king of Assyria, this is God mocking him. He says, by the strength of my hand, I have done it. And by my wisdom, for I am prudent. Also I have removed the boundaries of the people, and have robbed their treasuries. So I have put down the inhabitants like a valiant man. You'll forgive the emphasis on I. It's been referred to as an I problem. I will. I did. I have. Ay, 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 ay. Again, emphasis mine. <laughs> My hand has found like a nest the riches of people, of the people, and as one who gathers eggs that are left, I have gathered all the earth, and there was no one who moved his wing, nor opened his mouth with even a peep. Oh, you don't say. Well, here again, this is what I wanted to spend some time on, because to me it's the main takeaway from this chapter. Assyria 
the king of Assyria thinks that it's him, that he's doing it in the power of his might. And what we're about to see is that Assyria is in for a rude awakening. And it's kind of humorous here in verse 15. Shall the axe boast itself against him who chops with it? Or shall the saw exalt itself against him who saws with it? As if a rod could wield itself against those who lift it up, or as if a staff could lift up as if it were not wood. Oh my goodness. Can, can you indulge me for just a moment, okay? This is the instrument taking the credit. Okay, let, let's use this. This is a good illustration. If you've got a better one, let me know after the Bible study. So you go in for surgery, and the surgery, praise the Lord, is a success. And you're just so blessed, so thankful, so grateful. Thank you, Lord. And then you, you know, talk with the doctor, and you see the scalpel and the surgical instruments there on the uh, table in the operating room, and you go up to those instruments, and you begin to thank those instruments. They have uh, clinical terms for that, and <laughs> you would probably be institutionalized. What, in the, what, what are you doing? That was the instrument. I, I did it. I mean, how ridiculous would it be? You've got an axe, and you're, you're chopping with it, and the axe, after you're done chopping, stands up and takes a bow. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's, you see the humor in it? Please tell me you see the humor in this. It's not just me, right? How absurd, how ridiculous. That's the point. That's what Assyria was doing. Assyria was just the axe used to chop. Assyria was just the saw used to saw. And the staff. Can you imagine? I mean, you'll forgive me, and, and maybe we need to spend just a little bit more time on this, if for no other reason other than me, because this is me. As a pastor, pastors are the worst. I'm just saying, being open with you. You know how it is after a sermon or a Bible study, and one has likened it to the glorification of the worm ceremony. Oh, pastor, that was, that was, a, that was amazing. You are amazing. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm just the axe. I'm just the instrument. And woe unto me if I should ever fancy myself as the one who did it. You know, I am keenly aware, and I've shared this before, and this is not, I, and I really mean this, and the Lord knows my heart. I am keenly aware that there are many times where God has you hear a different sermon than the one I preach, and thank God for that. No, I mean that. 
Because see, here's what happens. I'm just the mouthpiece, just the instrument, just the axe in his hands, the saw, the staff, the rod in his hands. And so when I teach, the Holy Spirit takes, (laughs) I think the Holy Spirit, well, when I get to heaven, maybe I'll hear about it. But it's kind of like the Holy Spirit has a lot of work, and it is the work of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit takes that And before it reaches your ears, your heart, He tunes it to you. He, can I use this word, edits it, so that what you hear is what the Holy Spirit knows you need to hear. So you come up to me afterwards, you say, man, that was amazing. And I, I remember, this is a, many years ago. I always use illustrations from the mainland, so you don't like look at the person sitting next to you to see, oh, I wonder who he's talking about. So years ago on the mainland, I, you know, here, here I am, the glorification of the worm ceremony, and this precious saint comes up to me, and she just says, oh, pastor, I was, I was just so blessed by the teaching, and God really spoke to me. And I, I like to hear that. God really ministered to me. And, and so I, I was just kind of curious. I've never done it since. You'll see why here in a moment. I asked her this question. What was it exactly that I said that really blessed you and ministered to you? And she said, excuse me? <laughs> you didn't say anything. It's what the Lord spoke to me. (laughs) I think I left early that day. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like, oh yeah, no, I knew that. I knew that. I know. I just was curious, you know. One time my uh, wife, as only my wife can, and and, uh, I think God knew my wife had to have a sense of humor to be, (laughs) be married to me. But, you know, she's... Um, she's my best critic. You know we, how we say, you're, you're your own worst critic. Well, she's my best critic. So, and I never, I never ask her anymore, and she knows, and so sometimes she'll volunteer it. <laughs> so so what do you think of the, the teaching? You know, she says, you know, um, I was very blessed. I said, oh, really? Tell me more. <laughs> She says, you know what really blessed me about your teaching was when it ended. (laughs) No, that's a good thing, because it is a much needed reminder (laughs) that it's not me. It's not me. Hey, if God can speak through a donkey, He can speak through me. And I think pastors, and again I'm speaking for myself, I'm being, I hope you're not uncomfortable with my openness, but I think pastors would do well to be reminded that it is not you. Never think, and never take the credit for that which the Lord alone has done. You know, maybe if I, if I may uh, one more thing on this, and I think this is the Holy Spirit. I think about this often, quite often actually. Uh, we got this property, this building, absolute miracle. There's no question about it. Absolute miracle. 
it was the Lord. And He did it in such a way that even if we wanted to, we could not take credit. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. We hope you continue to be encouraged as you learn some good things from the book of Isaiah. Did you realize that there are 39 chapters in Isaiah that address judgment and 27 chapters that point to God's salvation? How fascinating that this book relates to 39 books of the Old Testament, much about judgment of sin, and 27 books of the New Testament, pointing to Jesus as God's salvation for the world. Isaiah is yet another example of how God interweaves the old with the new, and how prophecies from old point to fulfillment of that later. Are you seeing the connections that God has written into these pages of Isaiah? If you're wanting to hear this message again or more like it, you can find them at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can learn more about the church this ministry is supported by, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. If you're not already plugged into a local church, we invite you to be part of our church family. If you're in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love for you to come visit us on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. We're so glad you tuned in today to learn from the book of Isaiah. We look forward to the next edition with Pastor J.D. and the things that God has put on his heart to share from this prophetic book. Thanks again for listening today to In Spirit and Truth.